Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 30th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And today's show lineup, I have Vincent Humphrey, attorney at law with Humphrey & Associates, divorcing hot questions regarding your property. Also in studio, I have Terry Carlson with Erlen Services Northwest. Are you suffering from headaches, migraines, attention, and concentration? These may be linked to visual perception problems. And last guest in studio, Rosemary West and Maya Butler with Real Logic Sotheby's International Realty. What's happening in the real estate market? Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information on any topics discussed, you can call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And to start out today's show, as always, we'll start out with a little money chat. Money. Money. There seems to be some questions regarding appraisals, and since lending is my arena, I deal with appraisals every day as closing mortgages. I thought I'd talk a little bit about FHA. It's a question that recently came up uh, from one of my listeners on the difference between a government appraisal and a conventional appraisal. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about what FHA is looking for. Um, when they're going out to send an appraiser on a property that you may be purchasing or if you're looking at uh, doing like a streamline uh, FHA loan. FHA is primarily concerned that everything in the house functions properly and that there are no health or safety issues. The basic concept of meeting FHA minimum requirements is everything must work as it was designed to. For example, a window that is supposed to open must open and a built-in appliance should do what the appliance is supposed to do. So if you have a sliding glass glass door with a lock on the handle and the lock should work. So they're looking at all of those things on an FHA. Conventional appraisers are going to be a little more forgiving on things. They're still are, they're attached to the safety uh, issues, but not going to be as strict as your FHA appraisal. Now here's a general list of what FHA appraisers are looking for during an appraisal inspection. Utilities should be turned on so that the appraiser can test systems and appliances. Appliance must function, again, properly as as they're intended to do. There should be proper drainage around the premier of the house. The heating unit must be in working order or an AC if there was if there is one in the house. Water pressure must be adequate for the house. Uh, appraisers flush the toilets. They turn on the faucets and ensure that both hot and cold water are working. Uh, the water heater must be in working order and strapped according to local cold code. The attics and crawl space are to be viewed at a minimum from the shoulder up from the appraiser. 
And then when viewing the attic, appraisers make sure that there are vents, no damages, exposed or framed wires, and the sunlight is not beaming through. When inspecting the crawl space, appraisers must make sure that there are no signs of standing water or any other foundation support issues. Extensive debris in the attic or crawl space should all be removed prior to the appraiser coming to the property. Uh, paint must, um, must not be chipping, peeling, or flaking on the homes built before 1978 because of the damage of the lead-based paint. Uh, lead was used in the paint prior to 1978, so that's why that requirement is there. However, there must be no defective paint or bad wood in the properties after built after 1978 because defective paint impacts the economic logistics of the property. Now, uh, electrical outlets must work. Outlets should have a cover plate also. So if they're not there, you want to make sure you get those on. And some of these things and understanding this ahead of time, it can prevent from the appraiser have to go back, going back out to the property for a final inspection, which could delay the closing process if there's things that have to be done. And that's why it's important to get these things done up front. Uh, again, toilets must be flushed and be mounted. Any active termite infestation needs to be cured. And minor cosmetic issues such as stained carpet or a need for interior paint, it's okay, but the house does have to have be, it doesn't have to be perfect, but if there's issues that will impact the health and safety or the long-term economic visibility of the property, then those issues are going to have to be addressed. Windows must open and close as they, um, so they cannot be broken. Uh, cracked, mirror, cracked mirrors can be okay, so as long as they're not an issue for safety, soundness, and security. Uh, no dangling wires from misting fixtures or anywhere else. FHA doesn't require air conditioning, but if it prevents, the system should work as intended. Smoke detectors and carbon dioxide detectors are required as required by local cold code. And this is something that's just really common um, that doesn't get done correctly. They do have to be hung up on the wall. They can't be there on the floor waiting to be hung up. So you want to get those in the house. The firewall from the garage of the house should be intact. Missing sheetrock or pet door installed in the door. A lack of self-closing hinges or a hollow door could pose a safety issue. And a roof should not be leaking and needs to have at least two years of economic life left per FHA. A uh, house will be rejected if the site is subject to hazards, economic contaminations, um, extensive orders or noise to point in endangering the physical improvements of affecting the livability of the property. So this isn't an issue for a vast majority of properties, but can be, so it's something you want to look out for. And then a trip hazard is a subjectual call to make the appraiser not, it's not necessary or automatic repair, but if there is a legitimate safety issue, it should be called out by the appraiser or will be, and then it's going to have to be addressed as well. Um, there are things that an appraiser will call out for an FH appraisal, but these are times when appraisers have to be concerned about how the spirit of the FHA might apply in the situation. Uh, they're going to have to meet all of the FHA requirements. So just a little bit about FHA's appraisal, some things to be aware of. Uh, it's nice for my agents, real estate agents that are listening as well when you're listing a property to have an idea of what these items are. If you'd like a landing page that has all this lift, listed out and more information, uh, please just call the show and I can definitely get that over to you. And coming up next on the Money Hour, are you divorcing? Hot questions regarding your property. Vincent Humphrey, attorney at law with Humphrey Associates right here on 1150 AMK KNW after this short break.
Never imagined your marriage would be ending? Not sure if you're going to be the weekend parent? How long is the divorce process going to take and who can you trust? The attorneys at Humphrey & Associates understand that these are just a few questions that may be going through your mind. You're not alone, and they've helped many people in your same position. Their mission is to serve you while you get through this difficult time. Divorce and parenting plans are difficult enough. Working with an attorney shouldn't be. Humphrey & Associates is committed to providing affordable legal services that you can trust. You need good, solid legal advice that isn't going to cost a fortune. Worry no more. To schedule your free consultation, just call 206-946-8580 or go online to halegalteam.com. Hi, this is Vincent Humphrey. Go ahead and give us a call today at 206-946-8580 or you can reach us online at halegalteam.com. Again, that's 206-946-8580 or online at halegalteam.com. Love to hear from you. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 30th show. I am committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area of your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive by listening to the show. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can always call the show at one 855 411150 or go online at themoneyhour.com to ask any questions of the guests that I have in studio today. And right now I'll have a conversation with Vincent Humphrey, attorney at law with Humphrey and Associates. And we're talking about divorcing and how that can affect your property. Vincent, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Tina, always a pleasure to be here. Likewise. So a little bit about Vincent. Uh, Vincent Humphrey, again, attorney at law with Humphrey & Associates, PLLLC, which focuses on family law and civil litigation. His passion is bringing justice and clarity to those in need. His experience allows him to work well in many different situations, and his service first mentally allows him to break past the toughest scenarios. Vincent holds a Juris Doctorate degree from the University of Idaho College of Law and a Bachelor's of Arts degree from the University of Washington. He has advised executives from Fortune 100 companies as well as the working man and woman at the local grocery store. So he works with them all. Vincent participates in a very uh, various legal organizations in King County where he mentors other lawyers and is interested in helping good people going through tough situations. And it kind of sounds like a little bit of a passion behind what you do. And I really love that. Good people that are going through difficult situations is uh, a great thing to be able to do, Vincent. And really today we're talking about um, the unfortunate situation of going through a divorce, as we know that there are many good people going through that bad situation. And being this is about money, talking a lot about real estate, bringing in uh, how that's going to regarding your property um, is a topic that I wanted to go over. So Vincent, what can you explain to my listeners what community property means? Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, I can give the the legal definition from the RCW, but I don't want anybody to go to sleep today. (laughs) (laughs) Your description, your definition. Yeah. Uh, And and just as a precursor, I I know I said I'm I'm thankful to be here, but I just want everybody to know that's listening uh, that, Tina, you're wonderful. Tina, you know, just quick, quick 
plug for her. She wrote a book uh, and she actually allowed me to have a copy of that and I actually just finished it. And so I hadn't had an opportunity to see her since then. But uh, for those of you that don't know who she is, she's an amazing person. She's not paying me to say this, but I'm saying she's an amazing person and I uh, hold her in that much higher regards. I just wanted to say that at the outset that Tina, I'm so happy to be here and see you, you and know Vincent. a little bit more about your backstory. And uh, for those of you that I uh, don't know about that, you definitely should check that out. It'll give you a better perspective as to who she is and why she does what she does. But enough of that. Uh, community property, Thank right? You. That's the question. Community That's property. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we a couple of years back, I was uh, just looking through just some of our archives at our office, and this is a situation that comes up very frequently. And so I remember we did a show. Uh, I think literally about two years ago, talking about mm-hmm. community property and money, and it is something that comes up consistently yeah. with our clients. And I think it's one of those things that uh, will help a lot of people. So if you're listening and you're you know, in that situation, uh, pay attention here. So going through the divorce process, uh, one of the things to know in Washington State is that there's really three different uh, frames, if you will, of how property is looked at. And when I say property, mm-hmm. we're meaning obviously your tangible property, such as a house, but also other soft assets, stocks or other bonds or mm-hmm. other sort of uh, assets that are appreciating in value. So uh, like I said, I won't define it, but in our RCW, uh, it defines it as things that you have that have been acquired since the date of I do. So a lot of times for my clients, I tell them that Uh, When you said, I do, that opened up this new category called community property. So people going through a divorce, uh, a lot of them know that. They say, well, yeah, it's it's 50-50, right? And that's within the marital community. So think of it from the point when you said, I do, Uh to, well... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, makes sense. But it, between those two statements there, yeah. everything that you have acquired uh, in assets as well as liabilities, and I, and I think that's another thing that people should be aware of, that it's not just the appreciable assets, yes. right? If you've got a spending problem or, you know, we've got a, you know, it's unfortunate, but a lot of people make a dollar and spend five. Yes, well, in yeah. that scenario, understanding that however you have leveraged yourself, credit cards, second mortgage, third, fourth, I don't know how far you can go down oh. that route. But if you were leveraged to the hilt, understanding that that is also community property and that extends to everything from pensions, yeah. 401ks, IRAs. Uh, I call that the marriage tax. When it gets to that point where we say, I don't, the first question to know is, well, when did you acquire this? Was that after yes. I do or did you have something from before I do or after I don't? And we can talk about that here. And, and, yeah, um, a very good uh, description there, Vincent. And when it comes to mortgages with FHA, because Washington is a community property state, and so FHA looks at, and this is a, new, a little shout out because I actually talked about FHA for the appraisal process. If you're going on an FHA loan, they do look at it as a community property state. And so everything that was inquired, acquired, um, you have to qualify for both of the debts on that. So, um, yes, you're taking on those liabilities. So, Vincent, what about a separate property? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and this is one of the things that a lot of people don't know or not aware of. Everybody kind of focuses on, yeah, it's community property state, 50-50, what, you know, that that's kind of the end of it. And it's not true. There's... Uh, especially for those that maybe are in their second or third marriage or just waited until maybe, let's say, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, or beyond. Uh-huh. Uh, good for you if you're in that beyond category. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in that situation, everything that you have from before marriage is what we are considering separate property. And that's defined in our statute. Uh, for those of you that want to Google it, it's RCW 26.16.010. And that defines separate property. And in kind of my... 
uh, take on that. Think of it as property that you had prior to that statement, I do. So what okay. you came into the marriage with, so if you said, look, in my IRA, I had you know, X amount of dollars, it still is your money. Even though you're married now, uh-huh. that is not subject to, I mean, there's always exceptions. And so, you know, I'll put that as a qualifier that yes, there are exceptions where you can convert money or assets from before marriage into making them community. Mm-hmm. But simply speaking, if you are able to keep that separate, that is your separate account, you have the statements or other documents to show that it is uh-huh. in fact property that you had prior to marriage, that will be looked at differently. So money that you have in that context is separate and is yours. So then anything that is yours before marriage Can it be considered community property or no? It can be. And that's one of those things where if you, what we call commingle, so you had an account and Uh it had some money in it and then you guys bought a house, but you couldn't show the paper trail and you kind of put it all in the pot together in the community pot and then you Uh were buying groceries from there and then you were adding uh, improvements to your home and you're not able to show how that money was derived, it can lose its what we call character. It can lose that tag of separate property. So one of the things that is very prudent to do is to make sure that you keep your documents, be able to show that, yes, I had this account. It had this amount of money. I transferred this amount of money to this account. Uh From that account, I bought this. So that way you can show the court. So a lot of people that even if they are aware that they have separate property, they don't keep a good paper trail. And when you get to the court, Uh, Judicial officers are not CPAs. They're not uh, financial accountants. Uh, And if they can't make a determination as to where did that come from, it will then be recharacterized. So just like in the uh, mortgage world, the uh, popular term, not a popular fun term, but paper trail. I mean, everything has to be paper trail and documented. So getting back to um, uh, debt, so assets, it makes sense in that. Let's talk about debts because, again, I mentioned FHA and financing. If you can show that the debts were in your name only and they were before the marriage, then they're not used against qualifying if that other spouse is on the loan himself or herself. It's only if they're on it together, but anything that was... uh, purchased at the time or that they took out at the time is both of theirs. So what about when it comes to the law about debts that were acquired prior to getting married? Very similar. And so debts that are acquired prior to marriage, just like assets, would be considered your separate liability. So uh, for the millennials, that comes in a lot of times with student loan debt to say, Uh well, we got married, but I had this student loan. That doesn't all of a sudden become the debt of your spouse. Now, if you continue on your studies after you say, I do, to the extent that you are matriculating past that point, yes, then that could be considered uh, some sort of community debt. I mean, there's still other arguments there because you know, you're not going to school on behalf of the other person. But yes. still, simply put, understanding that debts that you have prior to marriage will continue to be your separate obligation. So that's something to know. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, I know this isn't the topic of this show, but prenuptial agreements, that's where that talk comes in because what that does is it defines very clearly mm-hmm. who has what from yeah. their debts to their assets so that in the event that it doesn't work out and there's uh, statistics, I won't spout those now, in regards to ha- uh, chances of uh, success or a marriage yeah. that ends Uh, at the time of death or something along those lines. So understanding that prenuptial agreements come and they help these conversations. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the divide of real estate because I have a lot of clients that come to me when they're going through a divorce and some are selling uh, the property so that they can get the cash that they need to pay out the spouse and the others not. So how does that work? How are they going to divide that property? Yeah. And, and 
You know, one of the things that I'm sure you see this too, Tina, that a lot of couples, what they do, they have one spouse, maybe that's the earner and one that mm-hmm. kind of maintains the house or maybe yeah. doesn't earn as much and maybe is unaware of all of the finances and how things are yes. divided out. And to that, I say that the court is very cold. Uh, it's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, we'll say it's kind of black and white in regards to, well, if somebody is entitled to half the equity in the house, it doesn't matter right, that if you're trying to keep it, you're trying to take your check and you're trying to balance out all of the bills, Uh simply put on paper, that half is theirs. So to the extent that somebody wants to keep a house and the other party or the other person, spouse says, I want to sell it, I just want my money, if you can pay, if you have the cash available, you can do that. You can Mm -hmm. buy them out and then you would have to refinance to get them out of uh, the mortgage and those sort of obligations. And so that's another thing to know as well, that just because uh, you've done that, or maybe even let's say there's a quick claim deed that's involved, that doesn't mean uh, when there is a mortgage involved that, that you are uh, released from your liability that yes. takes an extra step. And a lot of attorneys, <clears throat> they don't do that. They just say, oh, sign a quick claim. You don't have any interest, but yeah. Uh, that doesn't get whoever your holder is out of the picture because they can still come after you. Yeah. So let's talk about that extravagant gift. Uh, (sighs) Brand new Ferrari, and it was specifically given at a five-year anniversary. So obviously Mm. it was a a gift. How does that come into play? First of all, wow. (laughs) I know. I know myself. My husband hasn't given me that extravagant gift. I I was going to say, I want to go for a ride. I'm a Lambo guy, but we'll go for a ride. Uh, the thing to know there is to, again, ask that question. Is this from before marriage? When did you get that? I'm uh-huh. assuming in this context that maybe during it was marriage. during marriage. Mm-hmm. And so with that, then the next question is, well, did they do it outright? Or is there a debt on that? Because yeah. they said, oh, here here it is for you. I've, I've financed it. Well, did we just create uh-huh. a debt there? So that's another question yeah. when somebody's giving extravagant gifts from, oh, here's a nice Rolex or here's some Manolo Blahnix or here's a nice trip out just for you. Is, is, did you pay for that? And how did you pay for that? Where uh-huh. did that money come from? Was that was that my money? Did yeah. you take out another mortgage to give me this yeah. Ferrari? Thank you, but not so really. So the idea that it's a gift, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's still... It, it could still be considered mm-hmm. community property or community debt. So let's just take another assumption and assume that it was uh, separate cash and they paid for it outright. Typically, okay. a gift is a gift. And mm-hmm. where you will see this more... I guess more realistically than the Ferrari is the wedding ring. When things go bad and they say, ah, you know, that Tiffany solitaire, that seven carats. Uh Well, what happens with that? Well, a lot of times that was given before marriage. So now you can see that's, well, that's separate property. And it was a gift. Got it. I mean, they can be nice, but a lot of times. So sad. So sad for that husband (laughs) uh, situation because usually that's where it's going to come in. So, uh, Vince, if if you're a spouse and yourself do a have a a business together, a co-owned business, that seems like it get really complicated. Um, I mean, we could probably have a whole show on that question. Uh, So what would that, how do they look at that? Really quickly, I would say that's where you would get outside help. That's where you get a financial advisor or a planner to evaluate the business and then to be able to assign some sort of value to both uh-huh. sides. So you're right that maybe maybe that'll be the next show, but yeah. there's a whole lot to that question. Yeah. So it sounds like really when it, when it comes to um, marriage and really anything else when it comes to law, just making sure that you have everything protected and documented and really understand how everything works because nothing is guaranteed um, and no exceptions there when it comes to marriage. So you just want to make sure that you're looking at the worst case scenario and understanding what that is. And if you need assistance and you've got any 
any legal issue that's going on, uh, really the Money Hour, what the show is all about, is setting you up with the the best of the best in the industry in all aspects of protecting your money so that you can have a uh, protect your family. Um, so I encourage for you to call the show and connect with Vincent. And Vincent, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Truly a pleasure. I look forward to that lunch and coffee. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> and coming up next in the Money Hour, are you suffering with headaches, migraines, attention, or concentration? These can be linked to visual perception problems. And I have Terry Carlson with Erland Services Northwest right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Never imagined your marriage would be ending? Not sure if you're going to be the weekend parent? How long is the divorce process going to take and who can you trust? The attorneys at Humphrey & Associates understand that these are just a few questions that may be going through your mind. You're not alone, and they've helped many people in your same position. Their mission is to serve you while you get through this difficult time. Divorce and parenting plans are difficult enough. Working with an attorney shouldn't be. Humphrey & Associates is committed to providing affordable legal services that you can trust. You need good, solid legal advice that isn't going to cost a fortune. Worry no more. To schedule your free consultation, just call 206-946-8580 or go online to halegalteam.com. Hi, this is Vincent Humphrey. Go ahead and give us a call today at 206-946-8580 or you can reach us online at halegalteam.com. Again, that's 206-946-8580 or online at halegalteam.com. Love to hear from you. Are you suffering from headaches, migraines, light sensitivity? Do you struggle with reading? Focusing attention and concentration may be linked to visual perceptual problems. Terry Carlson with Erland Services Northwest is excited to introduce you to the Erland Method, which may be the solution. Terry has helped hundreds of clients through the use of color overlays, and customized Erland spectral filters eliminate the symptoms caused by visual stress. Hi, I'm Terry Carlson with Erland Services Northwest. To discover if the Erlen Method may be the solution for you, visit Erlen.com and take a self-test. This may change your life. That's I-R-L-E-N.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 30th show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information and market trends in our economy, local conditions. And if you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests that I have in studio today. Uh, just call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at com and in studio right now, Terry Carlson with Erland Services Northwest. Are you suffering from headaches, migraines, attention, and concentration? These may be linked to visual, perceptual problems, and really the show is about money and health is attached to money and your success. So we want you to be in the healthiest place that you can be. And, and Terry, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Second time I think I've had a conversation with you. Yes, thank you very much for having me back. 
And a little bit about Terry. Terry is owner of Erland Services Northwest, a specialist in diagnosis and treatment of visual perception disorder known as Erland Syndrome. She is also a certified educator and specialist in literacy and special education for over 20 years. Terry is here to talk about Erland Syndrome, visual perception, and performance solutions for those whose problems stem from light, especially fluorescent light. Optimizing your brain performance using the Erland method may be your answer to greatly improving your overall health and well-being. So we're talking about suffering from headaches and migraines, and I know a lot of people uh, suffer from this. And from my conversation with you last time, Terry, um, it's kind of sad that a lot of people really don't know um, or have the resources to find out what the solution or even that they have something that has been uh, diagnosed and what it is so that they can get treatment for that. And so that's why I'm, I'm happy to have you here. So let's talk about Erlen syndrome and what that is. So Erlen syndrome has to do with, um, as we said at the beginning, the perceptual uh, disorder, which means that people's brain is unable to process certain wavelengths of light. And when you think about light, light is um, has all the colors of the rainbow in it, and, and they travel at different speeds. And the brain's inability to process those different speeds causes distortions. And those distortions cause then physical symptoms such as headaches and fatigue and mm-hmm. a lot of depth perception has to do with this as well. And anxiety, headaches. Um, but people just aren't aware of it, and so they have a lot of coping skills to get through their day yeah. without realizing that light is the trigger. Wow. So um, what other uh, Sintra signs that you have this uh, syndrome? So there are ways that people cope in such that they um, would take breaks. Uh-huh. So a lot of people, after five minutes of sitting at the computer, they'll, oh, I need to go get a cookie, or I need to go get a cup of coffee. And they take they take those breaks. So they're, they're, they're interrupting themselves because they're uncomfortable. Okay. And so those signs are um, things that people need to be aware, more aware of that's interrupting their, their performance on their jobs. Okay. And they're not able to function properly. So is this syndrome something, is there something that causes it or are you born with it? So there's um, people with Erland syndrome, it is hereditary. It's either from mom or dad. Okay. And it is, uh, like I said, a processing disorder that, that they are born with in their brain. It's just not able, they're not, it's not able to function properly. There are, the, the symptoms are the same um, if they have a head injury or PTSD, and those are the more severe cases Mm. that we have. Um, They they suffer more from anxiety and more the migraines and those issues that people have, but you can, the symptoms are are the same. So Terry, who is uh, affected by Erwin syndrome? Is there a percentage of people that have have this? So approximately 46% of the population has this from extremely severe, like I said, the PTSD, um, TBI clients um, on down to moderate. And it's either hereditary or so you're born with this. So a lot of people aren't aware that they have this because they've always had headaches. They've always, and they, and they just put up with it and, and they, just, they just aren't aware. And then they talk to other people in their family. Mom says, well, I've always had a headache too. Uh-huh. When I read, doesn't everybody gets, has a headache? Yeah. And so your, you know, your, your quality of life, of course, goes down because you, you never really feel good, mm-hmm. but you just don't know that. So your baseline is, is headaches all the time. Yes. Um, there are people, the other uh, 
clients that I work with are TBI or PTSD clients. And that the symptoms are pretty much the same uh-huh. for both. Yeah. So you were talking earlier about uh, coming into a room and noticing. You were talking about my room and noticing with white walls and white ceilings. Talk a little bit more about that. Right. So people, let's say in, in the workplace, and people always notice when they go to a certain meeting, they always they, they feel bad or they fall asleep. Uh-huh. Or they get, or like I said, they get their headaches, or they get anxious and they can't make a decision, or or people get get well, irritated when they go to these meetings all the time, and they're not aware that the the white walls, the the ceilings are white, like your meeting room here that I was uh-huh. noticing. The chairs are white. The uh-huh. table is white. The floors are white. Um, you're looking into a, a fluorescent light when you're looking at your computer. You're looking in, into a fluorescent light when you're looking at your phone. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the interactive whiteboard. So all of that light is just flooding your brain, and then your brain is totally overloaded. Wow. And I don't know about you, but I've seen people just kind of nod off yes. in a meeting. And, you know, we're discussing things. It's like, what, what's going on with that mm-hmm. person? Didn't they have enough coffee? Well, their brain is so overstimulated that now they just need to shut down mm. because it's too much. So so that can be good news. And the fact that if you know and you can recognize this, you know that you have the syndrome and you know what causes it, you can actually, you know, kind of put a, a, a protection in your rooms and say the time that you're spending time in to eliminate that. Is that correct? Yes. yes. And if you're not paying attention to this or you don't know what to look for, can can it get worse as in time with continuing? Does that make the disease worse or the syndrome worse? No, it's just it's. Throughout the day, it gets worse. And then, of course, Uh then you're exhausted by sometimes 2 o'clock or by lunch or whatever. I also noticed in your your meeting where you've got the the fluorescent cans that come down and they're shining on each person in their chair. Uh So pay attention to the lighting in there, too. It doesn't really get worse over time. It's just... It can affect your, you know, your system as far as wearing down parts, you know, your of your, your physical being. Yeah, we know if you're stressed out, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. you know, that can add all kinds of uh, additional um, issues. Right. So, what about a, a doctor or eye doctor? Are are they good at being able to? Um, know that this is something that you might have. Well, it's not medical. And okay. it's not even though it has to do with the brain. Huh. It's not visual because it doesn't have to do with clarity when you're looking at the eyes. Um, when we think about this, you're when you're looking at something, you, the the visual information goes through your eyes into your brain, and your brain is actually what is processing everything that's in your environment. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so 70% of the information that we get goes through our eyes into our brain. Uh-huh. And the doc- doctors don't really diagnose it, although uh, more and more lately in the last, I'd say, month or so, most of the clients that I've been dealing with or, or have seen um, are brain injury people that are being sent to me by their neurologists. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So what can you do to, um, to find out if you do have this? So what I tell people, if they, even if they just call me randomly and say, I found you on the website, I'm mm-hmm. dealing with headaches, for example. I t- and I, and I, I tell them, if, have they taken the self-test? That's number one. Okay. Um, there's, so there's self-tests for headaches and for, you know, for migraines or for, for issues you have with academics. Mm-hmm. We also have some on there for autism as well who suffer from a lot of visual stimulation and stress. 
And then there are those little color, little black glasses at the top of the page. And when you touch on each one of those, the page turns a different color. So I have had people call me, and when they hit the green page, their whole body relaxed. They could feel their shoulders droop, and wow. they're breathing. They started breathing, believe it or yeah, not. A lot of uh, people hold their breath. Yep. Um, so that's the first step. And if they've taken the self-test and have answered yes to at least three you know, of those questions on mm-hmm. the test, then they need to come in and see me. And then okay. there's a two-step process. There's a screening process to determine the severity mm-hmm. of the syndrome and if they have it. And then we use color overlays to determine which colors work best for them. Got it. This is for reading, mm-hmm. so for the computer and the paper. And then they come back for a diagnostic after a couple of weeks using the overlays and see the benefits of the overlays. Then they come back for a diagnostic, and I customize uh, colored filters for people so they wear their filters as glasses all the time. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that they're seeing the color that is going to put them in the best um, space. Right. Now, when they look through the color, they don't see color. Okay. We see color on them. So if you had blue glasses, I would see blue glasses on you. But when you look through them, because they're filtering out those wavelengths of light, Uh you don't see color. Everything is normal. Uh, So it's it's so beautiful that there's, you know, it's just understanding, um, you know, what's wrong and what the what the solution is to be to fix it. So the good news is, is if 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 you have this, it's just um, being able to diagnose it, know that it's there and there's a solution to make it better. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Terry, what is the Erlen um, method to eliminate these systems? You know, the, the glasses. The glasses. Um, and or the, the, sy- and the, the symptoms. To eliminate the symptoms. Um, well, it's more, it's the, the, Erlen, the filters are the best. Okay. Um, because once you have them on your, on your face and you're mm-hmm. wearing them all the time, you, you're eliminating 100% of those symptoms yeah. that you have. And so it's, it's immediate. When you come in and you get the right colors, it's within minutes. Yeah, wow. So then the workspace mm-hmm. and every place that you're you're in where you don't have control over what the color of the walls or the ceilings or, you know, what's going on there, there's really nothing that needs to be done there then. If you if you have your, your glasses that are filtered, it's it's going to take care of everything. Right. Exactly. But yeah. if you if you can't, then, you know, maybe talk to somebody about changing out some of those fluorescent lights or getting lamps in there. Mm-hmm. Incandescent bulbs are the best. Okay. Even though they've been outlawed. Yeah. Um, huh. As of 2014. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The government really? says we have to buy fluorescent light bulbs. Um, LEDs might be something coming in the future, um, but there are people that are bothered by those as well. Yeah. Um, if you need to wear a hat with a brim. Wear one with the black underneath just to protect yourself from those lights coming down. Uh-huh. But you're getting reflection off the table into your eyes. So that's an issue, too. So in that case, you would need some type of colored paper. So you can see all of these things that you could put yeah. in place for yourself. But then when you get up and go out of the room, yes. you're right back to ground zero. Exactly. And that's why the filters are are. The, you know, the best that yeah. will take care of 100% okay. of the issues. So if you were talking to uh, one of my parents listening and um, they have noticed some of the symptoms with, with uh, a child, what would, you, what would you say to them? I would say to them, believe your child. If okay. they are, I mean, watch their, watch their grades, watch uh-huh. how they're functioning. If they have a stomach ache every day when they go to school, something's going on. There's anxiety okay. involved. Um, if they get headaches every day and they're coming home every day, there's more to it. And if you go to the doctor, the doctor says, I don't see anything wrong. I'm not sure. Yeah. Go to the website, erlin.com, okay. and check it out and have them get on there with you and, and ask the questions. 
Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And as we're wrapping up uh, my time here with you, Terry, uh, Erland Awareness Week is on October 16th through the 20th. So how can people uh, support uh, your efforts and uh, be a part of this community? Well, share this with anyone and everyone you know, even though you might suffer, not suffer from this, somebody else you know might, or yes. they might know somebody. And we also have another website called erlandsyndrome.org, and that's our foundation. Okay. And we have, um, you know, once a week, we have this Erland Awareness Week, and, and we accept donations to help those people who might not be able to afford these on their own. Uh-huh. And we do support a lot of the military um, personnel with these filters. Okay, wonderful. Well, Terry, thank you so much for coming into studio, and it's always nice to have uh, something you. a little bit different than than and unique that I'm sure a lot of people have not heard of. And when you've got over 40% of the population... Um, are probably have this symptom it's uh, great to have some resources so thank you so much thank you very much for having me and coming up next on the money are what's happening in the real estate market i have rosemary west and maya butler with real logic sotherby international realty right here on 1150 a.m kknw after this short break Are you suffering from headaches, migraines, light sensitivity? Do you struggle with reading? Focusing attention and concentration may be linked to visual perceptual problems. Terry Carlson with Erland Services Northwest is excited to introduce you to the Erland Method, which may be the solution. Terry has helped hundreds of clients through the use of color overlays, and customized Erland spectral filters eliminate the symptoms caused by visual stress. Hi, I'm Terry Carlson with Erland Services Northwest. To discover if the Erlen method may be the solution for you, visit erlen.com and take a self-test. This may change your life. That's I-R-L-E-N.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 30th show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 or go online to themoneyr.com and I can connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. And uh, today... Many times back in studio, I'm having a conversation with Rosemary West and Maya Butler with Real Logic, Sotherby International Realty, and we're talking a little bit about real estate. Thank you so much, you guys, for coming back in studio. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And I don't know what topic to bring in with real estate except for the craziness, because it it is just, it's crazy. I don't even know a, a better word to use, and I think we talked insane was the word that we used last time you guys were in studio, but if we take a look at the Seattle market, you guys have um, given some information on stats. It's, you know, 13.5% over the last year in real estate appreciation. So what's going on in the market? Well, it's extremely on fire. It's incredibly intense right now. What we see still coming in is the movement of a lot of tech industry, biotechs, pretty much the same type of replay that we were here the last time, Mm -hmm. except it's intensified. The other thing that's really fueling everything is the lack of inventory 
due to also new construction. New construction they're anticipating for the next four years nationally is going to be at a low. The cost of building, the regulations that are involved, mm-hmm. the cost of uh, labor, so many things are contributing to that particular cost and therefore making it very difficult for, for builders to build anything that's affordable within, let's say, a 30-mile radius. Mm-hmm. And most people that are coming from outer areas, for example, San Francisco, Boston, they don't want to live more than 30 miles out yeah. or 30 minutes out. They want to, if it means renting a little studio, they will rent a little studio. Uh-huh. They want to be close to where they're going to work, whether it's Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, um, Microsoft. That is the the overall concept of what we're getting from buyers that are coming into our market. Yeah. They want to be close to where they work. Yep. They don't want to deal with the traffic and the commute. Maya, what about you? What are you um, uh, saying? I mean, we've, I've, I had, and I don't know if you guys made it or not, I did a uh, Power Hour Lunch and Learn from my realtors uh, about a builder panel. I want to get builders in here for studio as well because I, you know, Rosemary, you, you talked about the not a lot of new construction because of all the changes and the requirements and the costs associated to that. Um, you know, Maya, what are you seeing with you know, this appreciation? Um, one thing I just have to say, uh, the traffic we know here is terrible, mm-hmm. so... You know, living 30 miles away could take you two or three hours to commute each way. So it's crazy. But yeah. um, with the building, I see a lot more developers and builders um, looking into and building more apartment houses. Yes. Um, uh, the reasoning for that is liability reasons. So most condominium and home builders... Um, get sued a lot. Uh-huh. And so what a lot of them are doing, and they can't charge price price per square foot. They can't get enough out of it mm-hmm. to be building condominiums. So they're building apartment houses. And some of them, they're building to condo specifications. They'll hold on to them as apartments for seven years get through the liability period, and then they'll convert them to condominiums at oh, that time. Okay, so That's why all around this entire area you're seeing apartment houses coming up. So in seven over. years, it'll look better when they convert them to condos. Well, <laughs> possibly. possibly. Not, not every one of them is going to be converted. Yeah. So, of course. But, you know, I mean... That's what I would do. Yeah. Well, and it's it, it, it's interesting. I mean, with Sound Transat, I've had in studio of, uh, quite a few times as well, and just kind of all the great things that are coming up. It's just so far away, and and I, you know, if they could have more remote people working remote from home, that could help a little bit in that that distance. But what other um, things can you see that might be able to help the inventory and the lack of inventory? Well, um, another problem is getting things through the permitting process. Okay. So our municipalities are slowed down, they're swamped, they're overworked. Uh, other problems are building materials uh-huh. as well as labor. A lot of contractors are afraid to extend themselves by hiring on a lot of new yeah. employees because of the crash we had in 2007 and 2008. They were kind of hard to forget about that. Yeah, yeah, they were a lot of them were really extended and yeah. lost everything. Yes. So some of our biggest builders. Yes. yes. So 
they're being much more conservative now. Mm -hmm. They're not extending themselves financially. And so they're keeping things close to the best. Yeah, makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about the rental market. One of the uh, the other things, uh, touching upon the rental market, Uh what's happened overall in the United States, and especially in our area, is the price point where people first-time home buyers or people are looking to buy into the market, whether it be on the east side or uh-huh. Seattle, those homes are actually being picked up by investors or investment groups. Yeah. And because our rental market is so strong, they're able to rent those properties out. And there's a, an actual additional 8 million more renters nationally today than there was back Crazy. when the, the the big boom in the two, near 2007. Mm-hmm. So that is another factor where you take a lot of the inventory that maybe people could buy into. They're competing with investors, and it's very yeah. difficult to it's do so sad. because they're paying mm-hmm. cash yes. in most cases, yep. and then yep. they'll refinance yes. once they get to get to the point where they have the property. Yeah. So there are so many factors that are contributing as to the cost of those homes in the entry level so what we're seeing is the builders are going out a little bit further where they can buy land mm-hmm. a little bit more expensive out in Puyallup, uh-huh. Auburn, Kent. And already in those areas, we're seeing multiple offers even on that yeah. construction. Yeah. So and Gig Harbor. But you're talking a huge commute. And the people that are interested in that type of property would have to either be retired mm-hmm. or can work from home. It's a different dynamic. Yes. So we're seeing a lot of... People thinking about the possibility, do I want to live further out Mm -hmm. or do I just want to stay in rent? Yeah. And I've noticed and I've talked with a lot of um, a lot of uh, my agent partners, um, you guys not being an exception to that, because you kind of you get in your own little world and you're wondering, well, is this the world that really is out there? Or am I just seeing something different in my business? But there has the multiple offers have gone down a little bit, right? Yes. And so what is the reason behind that? I mean, do you think people are just they're just getting tired of going out there and doing this crazy competing? You know, I think it's just the um, families are settling into their schools. Okay. Kids functions. It's automatic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just always slows down this time of year. Yeah. So I think that's a major factor in Uh that. Okay. The other thing is the baby boomers. Uh That's our age group. Yes. What's interesting about the baby boomers 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was selling a lot of people from their larger homes when they had the empty nest situation, a condominium or a house that was smaller and more more manageable, manageable. for mm-hmm. them because they were buying something second, third home somewhere in the south. They want to take some vacations right. and leave their, yeah. At this point, you're not seeing those homes coming on the market. People yeah. are deciding to stay in their homes, even if they're larger, yep. because maybe their children are going to come back because they can't afford to go by yes. and live with them after yep. college. The other factor is they don't want to get involved in the bidding war. Yes. They don't want to have to get out into the market. What are they? If I sell my house for $2.5 million, what am I going to buy yeah. in this market? Yeah. What am I looking at as far as even condominiums? Yes. And then you have homeowners dues and assessments. And there's so many issues that you that you have to factor in that is an expense of a home and maintaining it, which pretty much levels it out. Okay. And they're not yep. going to move. Yeah, good So point. you have that other factor that's contributing to the lack of inventory. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about, because I know you guys work with a, a, a lot of high-end properties and uh, foreign investors are um, 
they're doing a lot in our market. What is your guys' opinion on the conversation around taxing foreign investors? I know this is a sensitive uh, sensitive area here on both sides. You know, they are doing that up in Vancouver, British yes. Columbia now. Yes. And, um, so, and also um, finding them because a lot of the investors were buying up these homes, multi-million dollar homes, mm-hmm. and then letting them sit vacant. Yes, yep. Because so, their attorneys are telling them it's better than getting a lawsuit. It costs less just to let them sit vacant. I mean, that was craziness to me when you can get four thousand dollars a month and your attorney says it's better to when well, we've got a attorney here it's yes. better to leave it vacant than to have to deal with a possible lawsuit that could come or up liability Li- right. liability right. yes um but go ahead Maya. i'm sorry yeah so um i i'm a realtor so i don't want to see that happen here yeah. um I know that there could be other ways of dealing with the situation mm-hmm. that wouldn't be quite as restrictive as that so um, I, I would look for other options. Yeah. I hope they do. Okay. So, oh, go ahead, Rosemary. And our prices are still continuing to appreciate yes. and rise. Uh, we just had recently a $23.375 million close uh-huh. on uh, September 22nd in Medina, which is one of the highest yes. uh, homes that has sold in our area. Mm-hmm. It was listed at 24 thousand eight hundred so they negotiated a oh, little wow. off the price. <laughs> a little bit and I know that be- uh, one of our uh, our real estate agents in our office just listed uh-huh. another property that's in the 23 million dollar price wow, point crazy. there's another one that sold for 21 million and closed mm-hmm. as well mm. so in the west uh, in the east side which um, is the Bellevue communities we're still seeing extreme uh, frenzy for any kind of property that yeah. is out there. Yeah. Um, Mercer Island has had a little bit more uh, as far as inventory, mm-hmm. but also what's changing there is they've had new restrictions on building. Yes. And that's going to change the dynamics of that area as well. Yeah. So as we uh, wrap up our time here, I want to talk a little bit about the sense of, of urgency of selling before there's correction of the stock market, uh, the interest rates eventually uh, increasing. What's your opinion on that? Well, you know, uh, the housing market's going to continue to be tight in this area. Prices are going to continue to go up. And uh, I think that those that are putting off selling their homes because of this may want to reconsider. And what I would, uh, the other thing that I definitely will emphasize is the stock market. We Uh know there's going to be a correction at some point. It's been kind of a crazy time right now. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the Trump administration with the yeah. new tax yep. uh, issues that just came about today and how those get passed in the House. I would definitely more than likely start to think about putting your house on the market now. I don't know if we're at the top of the market. We don't have a crystal ball to say, yeah, say know, that is the did. case. Mm-hmm. But I will say that this is a good time to still put your house on the market and prepare yeah. it. Yeah. And that's where they... If the, it, please give us a call. Give us the opportunity to put that place on the market. Give it, get it your full price um, uh, that we're going to list it at or more possibly. We have that potential right now. Yes. But the market could turn. Yeah. And we don't know when that's going to and be. And, you know, the interest rate is the other, you know, a key Absolutely. part of that as well. Because if you're sitting at a under 4% interest rate, when the rates go up, 
Historically, when they move, they move very quickly. And you thought you could get something yesterday, and now it's gone. Um, so that would it's going to prevent you in some situations to even want to sell when interest rates are um, so much higher. So, well, thank you vo- both of you for coming in. And yes, if you're listening to the show, definitely call the show um, uh, to talk with uh, Rosemary and, and Maya in regards to listing, you know, listing your property or buying a new property because you have to have the best of the best in this market. This market is so, so much craziness going on, and the expertise that you have representing to you, rep- representing you on both sides, can make a difference of whether you are going to win or lose. So, ladies, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. And remember, timing is everything. Timing is everything. That's a good way to uh, end. Thank you so much, Rosemary. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for being here. And come back. I'll be here next weekend, same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.